What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 25 of the Modern Flirting Podcast. I am here with my squad, my crew, my gang gang, the Modern Flirting Coaches. We have the nefarious Alvaro Cosmo. What's up, Cosmo? I can't believe you just called me Alvaro. <laughs> love it. My I name love is it. Alvaro. Whatever, Alvaro. We also got the one and only legendary Dale Valor. What up, Dale? What up? We got the incredible, the exorbitant Dong. I don't know if that's a word, but whatever. <laughs> what, up, guys? Up all yeah. the today. <laughs> what up, Dong? And we, up, got the, we got the woman who's always growing and growing, <laughs> Miss Jamie. Miss, Miss Jamie uh, what, what's your what's your new da- Jamie Dade? What do you call you, Jamie? Do you know who we are? <laughs> Jay, what's your what's your new? I can't keep track of your Jamie new name. Jamie Dade. It's been the same. There was a B one, I swear. Jamie. Yeah, it broke my middle name, but I've ditched that one. I like Jamie Dade. It rolls off the tongue a little bit more. You know all right, best stripper name of all the dating coaches. Jamie. And that's what hey, I was everyone. going for. What's up? Hey, Dong's not a good stripper name. Come on now. <laughs> Dong is actually yeah, that is a straight up poor name. Yeah, you yeah. just strip. You bypassed stripper and went right to OnlyFans with that. Oh, name. I see. The mighty Dong. So <laughs> that's what they call me backstage. So if you guys if you guys are new to the show and what we're about here, look, I mean, we we do these calls mainly to have fun with each other. We like to shoot to shit. We like to talk about stories around our lives. We also understand that, look, you're here at Modern Flirting because you want to get some cool tips. So if you're ready for a few laughs, if you want to get some great advice on women, social building, all that good stuff, then you are in the right place. And screw it. Since, since we kind of started this off talking about our, our amazing stripper dong let's talk about strippers right is do anybody here have any experience or stories involving strippers meeting them attract to them that they want to share i see jamie getting all excited i was not expecting <laughs> that one but all right jamie you got one for us. <laughs> you say stripper my ears perk up i see that um, <laughs> no i mean i don't i've never picked up a stripper you guys uh which sucks honestly but either way no uh my yes. my first <laughs> The first time I ever went to a strip club, uh, I was 21, 20. No, I think I was 20. Um, And the only reason I was able to get in is my boyfriend at the time, he was friends with the uh, guy who owned the place and it was in Jacksonville, Florida. And it was the, the trashiest, trashiest, like biker bar stripper place. But we took a bunch of acid and I was tripping and I was like, and they ended up uh, bringing me out on stage. They're like, all the girls are like naked. They came up to me. They're like, we heard you're on acid. So we decided to take away the girls and we're going to give you a fire show. And I was like, yes. So (laughs) I'm on stage. I'm like, they like do a whole fire show with the titties in my face. And I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. And we, I, I left and I had become best friends with all of the strippers. And I hope they're all doing well to this day. Wing girl extraordinaire. And quick disclaimer, modern flirting does not uh, uh, endorse or condone the use of any kind of illegal substances. Yes, but we do. With that, <laughs> anyways, with that, oh, shut up. Of okay. course we <laughs> <you> do. <know. laughs> um, so, so by the time this airs, you know, um, uh, Dale and I will have been done with uh, our San Diego boot camp coming up this weekend. I'm fucking excited. Funny oh, enough, yeah. guys, you are just listening. This is the first time I'm actually going to meet Dale in person because I feel like he's been a, my brother from afar so he's going to be really excited for this the prodigal uh, son prodigal son <laughs> and two things i don't care what happens on this boot camp uh but no i do care we're gonna get students amazing results that's number one we're gonna we're gonna blow their their fucking mind but two other things that have to happen on this boot camp number one we're gonna have ourselves a karaoke off if you guys missed an earlier episode on on this podcast oh i forgot about that oh i didn't 
I'm, I'm bringing my A game. I said it last time. I'll say it again. You're messing with Mike Tyson in his prime. All right, like, so all right. we're going to have I'll a, be Buster Douglas. It's all good. <laughs> we're going to have, I think he said that last time too. We're going to have a, um, a karaoke off. And number two, speaking of strip clubs, I'm going to be taking Dale to the most notorious, sinister, insane strip club of all time. Cosmo, do you know what I'm talking about? It's not in San Diego, but it's close. I don't. Oh, my God. So this, so guys, this place, the name of the strip club is called Hong Kong. And it is located in Tijuana, which is oh, like, God. which people don't realize is like 20 minutes from San Diego. It's easier for me to go to Tijuana and San Diego than it is to go to Miami living here in Fort Lauderdale. It's, it's straight up simple. Okay. So Dale, task for you, bring a passport. Oh, because yeah. I always do when I try. I'm not going to say names in case he's listening, but it's one of our students' birthdays right. last Sunday. And I like to go a little bit above and beyond. So we're going to be taking him out. I'm also, um, I have a girl here I'm going to be bringing along with me she's never yeah, i don't think she's even been to a strip club so we're gonna be blowing her fucking mind this place just so you guys understand i don't want to hog the mic here i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i want to hear you guys stories too but guys this is not a show i used to live in fucking vegas it doesn't even come close let me give you the walkthrough of the hong kong experience i go in and i'm with a, like a silicon valley friend this guy makes multi six seven figures doing some software bullshit whatever and we go in and the first thing that happens is I get pulled up on stage. They look like right in the middle of the stage with the strippers. They sit me down in a chair. A Were woman you on acid? Sitting... No, not unfortunately, no. <laughs> I mean, You're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. I mean, fortunately, no. Um, they sit me down on the stage. The girl's giving me a lap dance. The guy tilts my head back. He's blowing a whistle. He pours a shot down my throat, like in front of everybody. And this is the most normal thing that goes on that night. From there... They, we, we go off the stage. I see a secondary stage. There are two strip, strippers uh, doing a double-sided di- double dildo show covered in foam. And then one of the girls puts a lollipop in her pussy, takes it out, and has some guy in a front row eat it, which I think it was like, Ugh. I, I just cannot. I'm, I can't believe that Spoiler shit. Spoiler it was Jared. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious. Shut up. <laughs> then and a lot of other stuff happened. Bro. The only club in the world where the bouncer offered us cocaine, like the bouncer is offering us have to go. It's crazy. And then on the way out, and this is the coup de la gras. On the way out, they take this, my Silicon Valley friend, who's like a nerdy, like, you know, he's like, he's just living it up, but he's not the most savvy guy. He, they take him on stage, two strippers hold him down and start undressing him. And he's kind of a skinny guy, so they kind of got him. They kind of are holding him down. They strip him into his boxers. They start pouring. They start shoot, shooting, really, shooting um, the foam onto the stage. And then the fucking uh, Matter D or the guy running the show with the whistle looks at me and he winks. And he's like, hey, you want, you want a cool toy? You want something to play with? I'm like, hell yeah. I'm, I'm like drunk at this point. I'm like, hell yeah, I do. He brings, have you guys ever seen the movie Euro Trip? He brings out the Flugenhausen. This, this like machine gun looking thing with five dildos strapped around it that just keep vibrating and turning. And he goes, get him. So here's my friend who I just met today in a foam pit with two girls holding him down. And I'm sticking in this boxers and I'm sticking this Flugenhausen in it. And he's squirming around, freaking out. I was crying, laughing. And basically, Cosmo, it was like our Tulum trip in a short amount of time. If we can get Tulum into like, an hour, let's be real, four hours, <laughs> then, like, that's what it felt like. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm jealous. I want to go. 
So who's got a better stripper story than that? Let's go. Well, this one time I was on stage doing crack, right? And... <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to one-up Jared's story. To start yeah. This might be the only episode in Modern Flame uh, history that we just can't air on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo's just shaking his head. He's like, bro. <laughs> I don't enter this domain. I don't have a crazier story than that, but this is what I will say. You know, um, it, the whole concept of peacocking, right? Yeah. Kind of, you know, eh, you know, it's not something that's quite, you know, uh, something like it used to be, right? I will say this. If you go to a strip club wearing a uh, rosary, it does wonders. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I would never. What got you? Like what? What? How? I, I don't even know what to say to that. A rosary. Right. What got you even thinking like that? Okay. It wasn't on purpose. Okay. okay. So I wear I wear a rosary sometimes anyway. Just just in general. Sure. Okay. And just happened to be going one night, uh, and I happened to be wearing it, and I got there before all of my other people that were coming mm. was supposed to be there. I got there early. And um, so I'm sitting there at the bar and I cannot tell you, you know, you know how they make their rounds, right? Yeah. Like it's what they do. Well, I got in so many conversations predicated on that rosary. I had about five girls instead of them making the rounds. They, they thought that I was like in the wrong place, you know, like, are you lost or like what? <laughs> I mean, it got to the point that I kept doing it over and over and over again. It always plays well. It got to the point where I was almost thinking I should get a clerical collar and like, <laughs> wear a clerical Amazing. collar to the strip club. Like, Priests are, holy, are holier than thou, Dale. People I, wonder so- how, I wonder how a star of David would work, Jared. We should test it. We, oh, yo, all right. Dale goes to the rosary. Test. I'm going to go with the kippah, Star of David. Dog, you're bringing up the Buddhist monk. Let's just see, right. what we can, I, let's see what we can do. <laughs> I'm going to wear a robe and shave my head. I know it's a great look. I was going to say ball cap, but if you're committed, <laughs> that's, you're committed. That's literally, <laughs> that's, a, that's a beginning of a joke right there. I know. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> say that. Yeah, priest, a rabbi, and a monk walking to a bar. I will hunt. Walking to a strip club, even better. That's just, I'm telling you guys, that's the stuff we should do, like, for fun, shits and giggles. We should, like, Go out and meet women as a rabbi, a priest, and a and just see <laughs> who does what, what happens. Tell me that doesn't that wouldn't be a great YouTube guys. If you're listening to this oh, podcast, that'd be awesome. That's a great and, idea. And you want to see me, Dale and Dong, meet and pick up girls as a rabbi, a monk, or a priest, then you guys have to send an email to psych at modernflirting.com, PSYCH, saying why we should go and do that. And if you have a great role for Cosmo, I don't know if it's a Taoist. I don't Cosmo's going no I actually want to ask Cosmo a question though Go over it. does anyone remember that little television show he was on there was definitely an episode where they had to pick mm. up a stripper and I want to know because I remember that episode I don't think you won that challenge my friend and I want to know what you would do differently now love that I didn't win great question I didn't win that challenge because she was fucking married but I got so close um, to- um no, no I think that's it does that smell like an excuse to you? Okay, well, well, I got I got really, really close, but I will I will say this though. I will say this. Um, after the show for about a year, um, working in the previous company I worked with, um, probably once a month, what was popular back then in 2008, 2009 was guys would do a boot camp just for hired guns. Hired guns means 
any girl that's working there, a bartender. Right. I like to call them exotic dancers, by the way, Jared. It's, it's, um, a, it's any, a woman who is getting paid for her looks in some capacity. She's getting paid for her looks. She's yeah. an entrepreneur, you guys. I call them entrepreneurs. So, so I used to, we used to do boot camps all the time. And I got to say, th- those are some of the most hardest challenges I've ever had Agreed. to sit there. And the challenge was my students would say, Cosmo, here's $5. We challenge you to stay in a conversation with her, do a number exchange and try to see if you can get her on a date that same night. With five, five bucks. Whoa. Five five bucks and it was almost an insult to give her five bucks it was almost better not to give her any money hold court in my frame and what i did and i gotta tell you it's some of the most challenging and beautiful conversations i've ever had with exotic dancers it really is i'll give you guys a fun technique and for everybody listening here if you're going to be with an exotic dancer or a lady of the night entrepreneur that's how that sounds awful. I should not exotic dance. I like that. I like that last one. I like that last one more. Exotic dancer. Um, here's a cool technique. I kind of um, came, if you guys know who Thundercat is from back in the day, this happened when oh, yeah. I was at, I was out with him, um, and I kind of like we kind of like came up with this together, and we, we, I don't know who came up with it. I'm, I'm being real. I, I would give credit where credit is due. I just know that after that night with him, we were both like, this is genius. And basically, the whole thing is the problem with with exotic dancers is they're gaming you, right? They're there for making, they're there to work, they're there to make money, they're there making a living. Um, so every single piece of interest they show you, everything they say to you, it's a lie, it's fake, it doesn't matter. Oh, I got this real connection, blah blah blah, because they still have that mentality of I want the money, I want the money, I want the money, and you can't trust any of that shit, right? They're in hustle mode. So. There is a way, a very effective way I found to get them out of hustle mode and get them to just be real. And you see the change happen. And this is the way I do it. They say don't spend money on exotic dancers. It's been like an old uh, staple kind of thing. I believe that to an extent, it really goes to a deeper frame of you don't want to be a customer. You just want them to get real with you. Um, you want to be able to make this connection with them so deep that they, they even cry opening up to you, you know? And the be- one of the best ways I found to do that, I'll just get to the point here, is look, I'll, I'll talk with her. She keeps hitting at a dance, hitting at a dance. I go, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go get, let, let, let's, I'm going to buy a dance because I'm, you know, you're here to make money. I respect that. I might say something like that with her. Like, I get why you're here. You want to make money. I respect that. Let's go buy a dance. You go in the back. She, the, the clothes are off. Tits are out. She sits on your lap. She gets ready to do the dance for the song and you go stop. And he goes, what? Just sit, just talk to me. You're good. I don't, I don't actually want to dance. I just respect your time. That's all. And you go, you don't want me to dance? No, you don't have to dance. No, just, just chill. Just sit. Like, relax. And then it, during that moment, she's already paid for it. She can't get paid more for it. That is when you see this, like, the transformation happen where they, like, slump. They, like, literally just, like, all right. Cool. Like, and then they just chill. And they relax. And it, they, their whole guard instantly just comes down. And you got exactly three minutes or however the song lasts to make an impact <laughs> Because when because when the next song comes on, if you haven't done that, they go back into work mode. What do you want? Another dance? Do you want blah blah blah? It's like no no no, you've got three minutes to fucking wow her. But the elevator pitch. The elevator pitch. <laughs> but, she, but really, but she will be open to it at least because she can't make more money in that moment. She's just like, all right, let me just talk to this guy. See what he's about. I like that. One of the things I like to do is bring up spirituality. Hence, the uh, the rosary, mm. and that seems to my experience. Not slap them out of work mode, talking about spirituality. I find that oftentimes women that 
have to, or I guess not have to, but uh, that use uh, their sexuality in, in, you know, such a predominant way that they need, they need the, 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 uh, the feeling to counterbalance that with some kind of spirituality in their life. And I can provide that. My thing is I want to get, and I love that. I just, my whole thing is I want to steer it away from sex as much as possible in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. That's where they're minded. They want to make it sexual to make the dollar. That's every interaction they have here. So the moment she's like, wow, you're really cute. You're really hot. If you want to see cute, hold on. You got to check my my puppy out, Cupid. I'll like show her like, here's like, here's a dog picture of Cupid and make her go, oh, he is cute. Boom. She's not being sexual now. You're being Mm -hmm. more real. We're talking about this cute dog, right? Then I might go into like work mode, you know, like, like ambitions in life. Like, what do you want to do to make money to go hustling? Then I might hit a, a brand new one, be like, where are we traveling to? Like, what's adventurous for you? What's the fun? Like, I want to just keep hitting themes that have nothing to do with sex to, I, I want to be able to say things that throw her off her game that she's not expecting because every other guy there is exactly. there to be a porn dog. Yep. And, and that's what spirituality does for me. You know, every, every, everything that you just said, spirituality with a spiritual angle tends to land very well. I'm, that's gonna my holy, I'm, I'm just going to throw holy water at the next one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how we got on this podcast about strippers. It's kind of like the, the, the one thing that I hate, talk, I hate talking about. I, I will tell you literally, uh, whoever's hearing this podcast Exotic right dancers, now, first of all, Cosmo. Here, here's, here's, here's what you guys should write down, whoever's listening to the podcast. Here's how I got to hang out with maybe seven, eight, nine strippers with mystery back, hired, uh, exotic dancers back <laughs> in the days. It was very simple, actually. And I did the routine over and over, and it always worked. My approach was exactly what you said, Jared, right? When I wasn't doing the boot camp, I would pay them for their time. And here's how I would hook them. I would say, I have to be honest. I'm absolutely fascinated with the psychology of how you guys approach a guy. Like, what is your opening line? And who here at this club makes the most money? The reason why I'm telling you that is because I'm actually a dating coach. And what I do is I teach guys how to approach women that have social anxiety. She plows forward. She's like, damn, that's a good question. Here's how I hook her. I go, just to be honest, no pressure. I would love to pay you for your time as a wing girl, as someone that can help me do one of my seminars in upcoming weeks and get your outlook, your perspective mm-hmm. on how guys uh, can approach women better. That shit always hit all the time. Okay. And here's why. Because believe it or not, no matter how hot that um, exotic dancer is, they have approach anxiety. They're, they're scared to approach a guy. They don't know how to do it. They have Felicia, Tina competing with them. Their opener is 99% of the game. So that's how I did it. All right. And with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over to Cosmo and, and let you pick our next topic here since you don't like our acid-infused stripper talk or, sorry, exotic dancer talk. What's been something going on in your life lately that you think the our listeners, everybody needs to know, craves to know, can't live without it? I think the biggest theme that we're going through in 2022 is, and I hope everyone can respect what I'm saying right now, is that women are now being held accountable for false accusations that they might have made in the past. I'll tell you the movement that I'm talking about. It's the Me Too movement, right? Mm -hmm. It has actually took our, our society and made guys really scared to even approach a girl, hit on a girl. They're paranoid. They want to record conversations with girls. They're, they're not knowing how to lead anymore. And what I find really intriguing right now in 2022 is that I love, and Jamie, we talked about this with Jamie before, I'm seeing more and more women start to approach guys. And I got to tell you, Dong, 
I fucking love this. I love this that now the women are like, fuck this. We have the, we have these guys back. Like there's so many women that are like, fuck these girls that are saying this. Like if it's real, absolutely. That's awful. But what I like about what our culture is doing right now is women are becoming a lot more comfortable with having one night stands and not being labeled as a bitch, a hoe, a slut, whatever. They're walking up to guys now and saying, hey, what's up? You're cute. And I'm loving the paradigm shit, to be honest with you. I really respect that. And I want everyone listening to this podcast, make sure that you never make fun of a girl or belittle her. If by some chance you have a one night stands with her or you hook up with her really quick, you should validate that and power her because it's not fair how men get props and they're like, oh my God, Dale, oh my God, Dawn, you're the man for doing the same night. Oh my God, you're so cool. But when women do it, they get reprimanded. So I want to kind of even heal that. I want to make sure that it's all even. Um, and I'm really curious to hear Dong's thoughts because we, we haven't got to Dong yet. I was but, just about yeah. to ask Dong. I was literally going to get Dong's thoughts. But Dong, what is your perspective on this? Especially you're from a different culture than I'm from, right? Like, dude, I'm from right. Miami and Cuban and you're, you know. Where's he from? Culture. Well, yeah. What culture would that be, Cosmo? Um, Dong is, I don't know where Dong's from, but he looks different. Take a wild guess. Take a wild guess. You got three guess. I love making Cosmo uncomfortable. I hate this. This whole comfortable, this whole call's making me uncomfortable. If you guys can't tell, Cosmo's sphincter just like decreased four sizes here. It's amazing watching him on this call. Oh, that's kind of turning me on a bit. Dong, I think that you're from somewhere in Asia. (laughs) <laughs> wow wow you racist wow. You are he, is, right on <laughs> he is american first of all <laughs> How'd no, you know? but dog i mean like your mom and your dad right like, yeah. like where's your mom and dad from well i was actually born in shanghai china and i came here like when I, uh like when i was 10 so yeah china china is part of part of asia so you'll definitely right about that i have to give you a pop for that um uh, yeah so, I mean, with regards to what you said, Cosmo, I think um, it's certainly right. And the way I like to look at it is like, I like to take gender out of the equation and just look at action, right? Um, if something's moral for one gender, then it's also moral for the other gender as well. If something legal for one, one gender, then vice versa as well. So um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that I find, find it very heartening that our cultures come to a place where women have gain equality to men, both in terms of sexuality and also in the other aspects of life. And I hope, you know, that that's a trend can continue and that um, it's more about both genders. They, they don't like uh, make e- each other um, the, uh, the enemies, but rather learn to live and befriend each other, right? I, I love that. And um, so Jamie and Dale, what is your perspective on if the guy was to actually tell the girl give her a warning that I'm going to be honest with you right now. Like I find you really attractive. And after 10 PM, whatever happens, I want to let you know, I'm not in control. I'm not leading you. If whatever you want to do, I'll let you take the lead, but I'm just enjoying your company. What are your thoughts about that, about letting the guy lead and letting the girl know that you're in control. So if we end up at my place, I'm blaming you. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I wouldn't start with, uh, I don't, I'm not the one in control. Cause I thought you were going it's another not, way it's not that one. I was about to say, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. after 10 PM, I would maybe rephrase that one part. I can't control I myself. You <laughs> like a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, the full moon. Who knows what's going to happen? But then, but then it took a, then it took a whole saving turn. It's like, you yeah, are yeah, in yeah, control. Yeah. I'm not in control. You're in control. I'm like, okay. That's good. 
No, I mean, I think that men are getting a lot more in tune. And in that way, I actually don't hate the Me Too movement because honestly, if anything, it's made men recorrect, right? Have they overcorrected? Yes, there's an argument for that. Um, but I will, I did want to touch on something uh, that Cosmo said earlier. I also have noticed, so just like with women taking accountability, which I love, uh, men have also stepped up in, um, you know, speaking up when they see other guys not acting appropriately. That's the other thing I've noticed, like stopping their friends or being like, dude, don't say that. Or like, you know, like the other thing is like, uh, you know, I've been in situations and I'm sure every guy on this podcast right now has also been in the same situation where a woman is being, you know, uh, tormented or just, uh, you know, being hit on very aggressively by a guy. And then the girl looks at you like, come save me. And you guys fucking swoop right in and like, no, we're good. Like she's my friend. Da, da, da. So I feel like that realm of safety is also increasing as well. And I just want to like applaud men for a second for that. So that's really good. Um, okay. so, so yeah, so, so that's just the other thing I was going to say. And then what was the other question? <laughs> my, my, my question was that I see two, two different freeways of gaming. Some guys are very like straightforward to like what, you know, what, what they're looking for. Other guys might be very conniving and slick, you know, th there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Hey, come back to my house and meet Cupid. You know, um, so like I'm just like really interesting subject matter of like what what Dale, what what do you think about? And yeah, Jamie, if you want to answer too, like pre-phrasing, pre-framing and seeding, like letting a girl know that not look, you guys made fun of me about me saying I'm not in control. What I meant was <laughs> in, uh, that I'm not liable. Like, I I mean, it works for me. Like after right, 10 so yeah, I would my thought on that is it's a case by case basis. There's some women who are just so submissive that by, you know, by suggesting that they take the lead, it's putting them in an intimidating situation that they are not comfortable with, you know? So it's a case by case thing. I personally would not do that for me. I'm not saying anybody should or shouldn't, you know, aside from myself, I personally wouldn't say that. And the reason I wouldn't is because, I'm a control freak. No, because <laughs> um, <Wait or> you're not. <laughs> no, the, the reason He's like, I'm a Capricorn. So you got to understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, look, you know, like if we're going to call it what it is, you know, like me personally, like I've been a, a professional dominant before. You know what I mean? Like I'm very uh, assertive. Let's put it that way. OK, not not in a not you know, consent type of way, but in, you know, like in, in, if we're going down the, the BDSM path, you know what I mean? Like that me having that control is ultimately what is going to be a uh, sexual turn on for me. And if, if the girls, wrong though, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong with the BDSM, I do. I, I see both. Of them. I, I like, I actually like both really. Cause I like to be the Dom one too, but in the BDSM world, don't they say at, at the end of the day, the sub has the control. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah consensual non-consent, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's um, a dom. It's a dom. The dom's doing his job. I don't know how we're going to be this. I'm, and I'm not. I'm not as experienced as you by any means. I, I mean, I want to hear your thought. But if a dom's being a good dom, uh -huh. he is doing everything the sub wants him to do to her. He knows what she craves, what she wants. You know, he's not making yeah, her do stuff that goes that, against that, her sexuality. 
eighty percent of that is true. Okay. Well, at the same same time, you can say the sub also doing anything that the dom wants the sub to do. So you know, it's like Inception. Right, but it's like the dom is meant to lead her on his journey where he's right. in control, but he's tailoring to what he knows. Exactly. That, 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 that's exactly true. However, um, a good dom will also push a sub's boundaries to mm. see to see if they'll stretch their comfort zone. Okay. And sometimes that sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Just so like a Flugenhausen in Tijuana? Use a Flugenhausen gun and uh <laughs> maybe we should add that in. I don't know. <laughs> but to answer your question, though, Cosmo, you know, it's like a thing of a case by case thing. And I think it just depends on the individual. Um, I feel like if I said that it would be incongruent with who I am, I would feel weird about saying that. I, it just wouldn't feel natural or right. Well, me. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about we all have different styles. Everybody, exactly. There's, there's no one size that fits yep. all. And and that's the same with our students. I don't know any student that's a clone of me, a clone of Dale, a clone of Don, Cosmo, whatever. Maybe if you were a clone of Jamie, that would be weird. But like the whole, that, that's the whole beautiful concept of it is you, if you're listening to this, you got to realize a core fundamental philosophy or amount of flirting. We will all teach you what to do. What to do is uniform. It's the same. This is the emotional progression. This is what needs to take place. This is the science. How you implement it, how you go about doing that, that's the art. Mm -hmm. That's where you've got to find your unique style. So we, every coach here can show you exactly what to do step-by-step, step, but figuring out how to do it in your way. Like what works for some six foot four ripped guys, not going to work for a five foot one skinny Indian guy, you know, whatever. Like it's just, it's just different stuff, but we will find your art and we will help guide you through that. And that's why I love the diversity of this is because we have all these different styles, techniques here where you're going to find something that clicks with who you are, that resonates with you. And I want to I want to backtrack to something Jamie was saying because I was I was having like a shower thought the other day. This actually came up, like hinge prompt. In front, shower thought, like no, it's probably a bad hinge prompt. But you you tell me, you're the online dating expert here. Um, like I don't know any guys in my circles or just men in general, whether it's stories they say, whether it's actions I've seen, whether it's through the grapevine from girls I know. I don't know any guys who have done rapey actions or acted in that capacity and, and i don't know if it's I, I'm, I'm telling you jimmy's giving me a look like i know it's prevalent i know like every girl i talk to has been sexually assaulted every attractive girl i've ever talked to has been sexually assaulted in one way or another so it is fucking prevalent i get that i just i'm the guy like if i'm part of the hidden council of men i never hear it i never see it i'm no like i like i would be mortified if any guys i know in my circle this came up in any way, shape or form. So I don't know if it's like a subsect of men who are just everywhere. Like they're just like going nuts or ham or if it's the majority of men and like guys just never talk about it or like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, cause yeah, I you've never women, been I in a fraternity men. without saying you've never been in a fraternity. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the closest when I, when I rushed Pike, which it has a kind of a thing they've, I mean, they didn't, there was nothing prevalent. There was nothing like, 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 um, obtruse, like, 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 this is clearly what it is, but you can tell like one of the rushing thing was we're all about pussy. We're all about this. And it pointed like a girl in a bikini, you know, like, this is what we get, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Not like it was. So maybe I just gravitate away when I see like warning signs. Like, if, like, for example, the guy's like, oh man, we got to go get bitches. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, we're done talking. Like you're, you're fucking, I just look at him as weird and like, yo, you're ghetto or like have an issue to you, you know? 
It's that so, like one dimensional thing that is so annoying. It's like, is there anything more about you that is, you know what I mean? It's like when you're so laser beam focused on it, it's just very low value. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, having said that though, men are also very good at hiding that side of themselves, right? Like I, mean, I feel like every, of course you don't know because they're always a part of every single person on this call has a side of themselves that they do not show anybody. And so we, we'd like to think that we know people very well and we hang out with them and their actions can really tell who that person is, but you only know someone to a certain extent. That's why like when celebrity stuff comes out, regardless, boy, girl, doesn't matter. Like I'm always, I'm always like, I believe it. Not, I'm never hundred percent on anything. Even the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing. Yes. She's probably lying about a bunch of stuff, but we don't actually know. You know what I mean? And therefore to have the arrogance of being like, oh, for sure, 100 percent. It's like, well, you don't know. Were you there? Do you know them? Do you know them outside of how the paparazzi has been portraying them? You know what I mean? So it's like you don't actually know everyone 100 percent. So I hope you don't hang out with people like that. However, that sort of action is very prevalent when those types of men get together and they like breed and feed off of that kind of like macho energy. And that's, what's really scary. Like, like I, I, you know, one thing I'll never forget, like when I, I went, I, so I went to Florida state, huge Greek life. And I actually got roofied, nothing bad happened to knock on wood, but I got roofied at Pike and it's, and that, that was the scariest, the that was the scariest, uh, thing. Cause I, I, you know, I drink and I never black out, like it's very rare. And that was right. one of the times that it happened and you wake up and you're like, what the fuck happened? And it was very, very scary. And like, I remember there are many times where you and women do this when they feel scared. The first thing is like, where are the doors? And that's like a really, really scary feeling. And like, so that type of energy is very palpable. And so I feel like that is happening less and less now. At least that, that's what I like to think, because that's what I've noticed. So, I mean, have you guys ever seen someone in your social circle or through a grapevine? Like I've dragon, known I got... people, I've known people like to call them a friend or even an acquaintance would be a stretch but when you frequent things like bdsm events sex parties things like that there's always a very small element to that environment and so like i've seen people get kicked out i've seen people get the, the shit kicked out of them at, at events like that you know what i mean and it'd be like somebody i know by name because it might be somebody that frequents that place you know what i mean but i don't know them you know what i mean like all i know is their first name that's it you know, right. I, so I have seen it firsthand, but not, um, not, not anybody that I know personally. So I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing I'm just trying to think like, what are the, war- and, and obviously this should go without saying, but if anybody's listening to this, we do not force women to do anything. You need to be respectful towards women. We value women here. Um, if you have a mentality of, you know, I'm going to take what's mine or anything like that. Like, or I deserve it. Girls on a date with me or back at my place. And or she secretly wants it. She secretly, you know, she, yeah, she secretly wants it. I'm just going to make it up. Like if you have any of these kind of mentalities, you, I urge you to understand the toxic nature of it and how dangerous it is for her and for you. And realize we are absolutely not about that amount of flirting. We're about creating as a philosophy here, creating a desire. The idea is that you should be so attractive, this awesome man, that you're building the desire around every girl where she really wants it. It's not a fucking secret, right? She doesn't want to make it a secret. Yes. And that kind of goes back to what Cosmo was saying about the like having her lead. 
I really love this where it's like men lead in the fact of, and you guys can see us who are listening to my podcast. My hands are like the exact same. So like they lead a little bit and then the girl like almost leapfrogs that as far as like effort. And then you leapfrog a little bit and then she leapfrogs in the form of effort, right? So you go up a little bit, but if you have to almost match the energy and just go a little bit higher, but you can't all of a sudden like rush it or, 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 you know, force it. Can I just give you a perfect example of this very, very attractive girl? I hope we don't see her screen name that I met. Wait, is that the blonde that you met at the club? No, no, it's the other girl. It's the Latin girl. But I just want to show what I meant by leading. So she put a hundred on my wisdom story tree thing, Mm -hmm. story that I posted. And look at what I put. You see, I'm not leading. I'm not saying come and hike with me. So the, the viewers can't see it. Can you read it out? Okay, so what it says is, I posted a story and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Me and the wisdom tree. And then she um, liked it. So then I put after 10 years of living in LA, it's my first time coming here. Major vibes. I, I, I didn't say come with me hike and look at how what she responded. Wow. I want to go. So you see what I mean? I seeded it to be like, this is what I'm doing. It's so beautiful. I can't believe I've never been here. Now she puts, wow, I want to go. So she's now leading me. So now my reply would be like, I'm going, letting her know what I'm doing. I'm going next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, if, you know, if you're around. And now most likely she'll be like, oh my God, I'm definitely down. Let's go Thursday morning. I'll meet you there. Love it. So like, that's what I mean. Like my other friend, he's like very, very lead, lead, lead. He like, he'll do a post on a hike and then he'll send it to a girl and be like, look how beautiful this is. Let me know whenever you want to go. Or, or look, look how amazing this is. Do you like to go hiking? We should go. You see what I mean? Like, so like I do it the other way. I like to like bait, bait, get the girl hot, get the girl hot. And then she'll set out clues. Yep. I like that. I mean, I, I guess my thing is like a, it's like a fucking seesaw based on what I think she needs. I have been going more the direction of just build desire. Like I refuse to hit on, especially when like, like let's say nine to 10, but like the really high quality girls. Um, I'm almost like, going extreme where like i refuse to hit on them until they are putting in some kind of effort work until they're just going to keep building desire what, what i've seen with both cosmo and dale style is i don't see there i don't see them as necessarily that different i see it as a calibration issue between safety and dominance between comfort building and attraction building so for instance if i'm noticing she's a little uncomfortable or hesitant while we're escalating i'll want her to be on top of me where she's straddling me because now she feels more in control. It makes you know, makes me more submissive, um, quote unquote. But I, I found that when I'm on top of a girl, she feels less safe in that moment than if she's on top of me and she can get off or on and she's more like I'm in the control. But then when I see she's comfortable, I want to go dominant again. I want to retake it back and pull her hair back or you know do a choking uh, um, movement where my hand goes around her throat and she's like, oh, like she's arching her back and liking it, right? And it's just kind of playing back and forth with where she feels safe, but where she feels that I could take on that dominant nature and simultaneously back and I'm doing Jimmy's seesaw hands here, but uh, simultaneously build uh, comfort and attraction back and forth. Cause a lot of times they butt heads, you know, like the nice you, guy, that's still leading. Yeah. It's just going two steps forward, one step back. I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's a step back. I think comfort is still leading. I don't look at it back. Well, that's I, what I mean. You're still leading. It's just like you're escalating and you you see that she does. she's not as comfortable as what she could be or should be. 
So you got to reel it back in a little bit, but you're in control of that reeling it back in. That's the proper, in my mind, that's the proper way to lead. I'm not like having to go back or anything. I'm not feeling like, like I agree 100%. Yeah, I'm not like backtracking on that. I'm calibrating. I'm calibrating to it. I'm realizing. I mean, it's the same. Well, look, like, look, you know, like in in BDSM, if, in a dom sub situation, you don't just grab a girl and just start whipping the hell out of her, like right, right from Jump Street, right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, you work up to those things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and a lot of times that takes two steps forward, one step back to get to that point to where she feels comfortable and safe enough because she has to feel safe with you because if she doesn't, then she's not going to want to get down with that type of thing because, well, who, who wants to feel unsafe and physically threatened potentially, right? <laughs> Nobody. Man, I'm going to have a wild fucking, I'm going to have a wild fucking weekend with Bill. <laughs> In San Diego, here's a little funny quick story is my first ever business mentor. And this is in San Diego, Dale, so this might be up your alley. Um, he asked me to go to a club. So I found out after I signed up in his program and he's teaching me all this stuff, selling from stage and, and like building up my presence and all this shit. Uh, he runs, he's like the owner of a, a cam girl company. So a lot of um, <clears throat> porn girls, cam girls, some of them were even were like helping me with the business. I didn't even know at the time. I'm like, what? You're, you're head of operations and you're also a porn star? What the hell? He's like, oh, yeah, this is my wife, also a porn star. I'm like, okay. I'm like, <laughs> I thought I thought I was getting away from the craziness of the dating coach community. And I'm like, of course, <laughs> my luck. I find my first business coach and it's like this crazy shit. But I'm like, you know what? I love it. I'm into, I'm into the interesting characters. Let's do it. And he's like, I want to take you out. You're a dating coach. You're going to love this shit. I'm like, where do you want to take me? This place called Thad's. It's awesome. It's his, it's his fun club. I'm going to take you. Don't worry about it. We go, blah, blah, blah. It's a sex club. We go in there, and every guy, and this guy's a fat fucking um, Filipino dude. It's amazing. And he basically, he takes me in his club, and I got to see some crazy ass, uh, crazy ass shit in there. And I'm just like, wow, like, like there's all these subs, um, subsects of people, of women. The women were actually enjoying more than the men. The women were getting crazy and turned on. But there's just so much. I kind of go back. I guess what my point is back to Cosmo point. Maybe since Me Too or whatever, there is a wave of sexual freedom going on with women where they are open to this stuff. They are enjoying this uh, more. And I agree, man. I think it's our job to guide them on that and to support them on that versus ever making women feel shamed, feel judged, or or God forbid, unsafe. Um, I, I also would re- be remiss if I did not mention guys who are uh, partaking in sexual activity, condoms, condoms, condoms. We are in a mist of abortions not being legal. You guys, uh, wow. things are going oh, yeah. to Sorry, I, I, had, I had to say, That's I, had, I had, to bring it up. had to bring it up. I'm not even fucking kidding you. Uh, it, it's real. Oklahoma, literally, I think today or yesterday, just got rid of abortions altogether. Florida so, Yes. So you guys, we are in a, we are in a little bit of a cry, a little bit. We are in a huge crisis. So please, please, please. I know it doesn't feel as good. I don't want to hear it. You don't want to be in that situation. It's a hard fucking decision and women do not have options anymore in a large, in a large, a growing part of the country. So I had to do my little PSA disclaimer. Yeah. Yep. Have you noticed, I mean, has there been a wave of that dong in like San Francisco where you see people concerned about this? I, I don't think California would go that route, but it's got to yeah, be. Yeah. No, if anything, California, I feel like is, is like the volunteers no. like, are the ones who are going to save. Right. Right. Ship them yeah. all in. 
So for, for states where abortion gets, you know, outlawed, you know, um, yeah. And then if, uh, uh, so for a woman gets pregnant, they can move to California. And I think, you know, to Jamie's point, it's true. That's like the safe state. Um, yeah, I don't really see that in California, but you know, safe sex is always good. And, um, if you want the best of both worlds, then I don't know, get snipped or something. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, bisectomies are reversible. I'd be so oh. scared personally. I'd be so scared. <laughs> No, that's <laughs> well, so I did read. I did, I did read that they're reversible, like with, within ten years. So you know, I can. Yeah, and also my dad's <laughs> a doctor, and he's uh, been preaching bisectomies to my brother-in-law and everyone. He's like, it's the easiest surgery ever. So. And he does not like your brother-in-law. He's like, you're mad at my daughter, vasectomy. <laughs> no, they had two kids, and then and then well, and that's what enough. Does every guy, what does every guy do? They like, they're like, oh, the woman, like, get a hysterectomy, but like, that's such a more, in, it's like a super intense surgery as compared to a vasectomy, which is nothing. But it's just like the male ego, right? They're like, oh my god, I'm shooting blanks. No, um, but either way, my other PSA for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done though. All right, I'm off my soapbox. This is a hundred percent being labeled the podcast that probably should have never aired. Like this is all. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, probably got, but you know what? You know what, Cosmo? Though, look, I watch this episode is going to be the most popular, get the most traction, get the most listeners because that's what I mean. Look, I'm I don't shy away from a little bit of controversy as long as it's respectful, as long as it's open debate, as long as I'm being real with it. Um, I don't I don't shy away from you know from that kind of stuff as long as the message goes out to that everybody is safe, everybody feels cared about, and I think that's part of it. I think this is like we're in the middle of just that sexual revolution that you're talking about for women. But it, I think it's better, you know, it's the same thing for men where like, I can be like, yeah, you know, I was a, you know, a BDSM dom, you know, for a while. Or the guy who's like, oh, yeah, I'm in an open relationship or whatever the fuck, right? Be, having those kind of conversations, I think becoming the norm is what is moving us forward versus being like the whole Protestant, no, no, I can't see or hear no evil, speak no evil. It's like, no. Yeah, I think it comes down to two things and then, you know, we can move on. It's equality, sexual empowerment for women. And the end, the end goal is after you sleep with a girl, does she feel like that it was something that was fun? I've seen some girls go, thank you to me. That was fun. Thank you. Like just, you know, e equality. That's all I'm saying. I think that was a golden rule. I even got into this community in the first place back when I was like 20 um, I remember thinking a player is someone who can just get something from women and just tries to get them in bed. But, and I, I hate this term these days, but back then, the pickup artist, you know, whatever, is a guy who leaves be women better than they found them. They build a real amazing connection and it gives a girl this great. And I think that's what, honestly, that is a cornerstone mindset, what led to my success early on. The, from the very beginning, my mentality was my job as an artiste, <laughs> my job is to give every woman the most amazing fucking experience that I can possibly do. It's not for me, it's for her. And by stumbling into that mentality and taking that so seriously, I really do think that's what led to my success early on. And I think that's the final question I wanna ask you guys. Um, not so much Jamie, but well, I know, even forgive me with the online dating for sure. Um, my, my, my question for you guys is uh, a big one. And we got time for this, you know, screw it, because I really want this answer from all, of, all four of you. Why do you feel 
you succeed at this when so many other people fail who get into this, who start learning this, especially back in the day when we got into it, where we didn't have top of the notch coaches. We didn't have access to all these kind of research, like guys get here in modern flirting. We didn't really, it was still the blind leading the blind. We were still figuring this the fuck out. Why do you feel you got good when so many guys who got into it gave up, threw in the towel, became an incel, joined MGTO? Like, I'm curious, like, what was the secret sauce? Why why I did have a top notch coach, Jared. I know, right? Uh, but to answer your question, I think you know I got good at this because one is like uh one's like uh just going out and just like diligently um doing the work, right? Just like going out and practicing everything I've learned and that never giving up, like the persistence, the tenacity part of it. Uh the second part is empathy. Right. Um, it's like feeling what the other people are feeling and knowing when you're feeling good emotions, you sort of add on to that, knowing when you're feeling bad emotions and you sort of stop that. So it's both diligence and empathy. And when you combine them, because without one or the other, it's not going to survive. Like if you have diligence by yourself, like you're just ramming yourself into a goal, it's not going to work out. If you just have empathy, but, you know, you give up on the efforts, then uh, then obviously that's not going to work as well. So, um, yeah, diligence and empathy. As what made me good, and uh, you know, top notch coach. Now, yeah, top notch coach for sure. That's what I got <laughs> out of that conversation. Um, Jamie, how about you? Um, top notch actually... coach, perfect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I started as a drill model, right? So, um, where you essentially, if people who don't know, I, you essentially create a safe space for guys to practice with you uh, as far as your communication skills, flirtation, whatnot. And I will say, going back to the whole like men being awesome. I feel like a growing percentage of them. And what that means is, is being uh, taking, uh, seeing a woman and seeing her work hard and wanting to help her, uh, succeed. So Jared Cosmo, I got to do a special shout out to you guys. You guys are the ones that saw me for what I was doing. And were like, Hey, she's not a drill model. She's a dating coach. And it was really your belief in me that helped me believe in myself. Uh, and that's been really powerful. So I just want to do a quick little thank you guys, uh, for giving, for, you know, for giving me the, the belief in myself and the opportunity. Um, and I think the thing that has gotten me really well, other than just amazing coaching by you guys is just also being someone that pays attention. Um, I've always, and also, you know, and it's funny, a lot of you guys have the same story. You guys were not cool growing up. You guys weren't the popular kid. You struggled with women. But honestly, when I grew up, I also struggled with friendships. I also was bullied. I also had a very similar background that you guys did as well. Mm. And I had to learn how, all of these things from scratch. And I think that is actually the thing that helps you because it's really tough as a coach to sit up and you're like, well, this stuff all just comes naturally to me. And it's like, it didn't for me. And I know it didn't for any of you guys. So I think really paying attention and, and seeing uh, the people that did achieve those things and did have that lifestyle that you wanted looking at that and really mimicking and mirroring that and paying attention. And that's kind of what I bring to the clients today. So the coach thing, God, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, was, that was great. I mean, I'm getting me teary out here. Yeah. Uh, Dale, let's bring us back to let's bring us back before I get all emotional. What got you, <laughs> what got you good? Well, I think it came down to really one simple concept and that was small chunking it mm. and learning how to yes. learn. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, I think that's one of the things that guys struggle with the most is they're so 
they're too forward thinking. They're looking at, okay, so I need to, they know they need to approach, but they're looking at the whole interaction and capsulizing it. Mm-hmm. And like, it could go a billion different directions. You know what I mean? And so they overthink it and then they don't even do the approach because like, well, what's even the point? Cause she probably likes this type of guy or blah, 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 blah. So by small chunking it, taking it like with the attraction ladder, you know, you're breaking it down into sections. And I always tell guys like this, like, don't worry about the next rung until you get really good with the where you're at. Once you're really good at just walking up and approaching, okay, fine, then move on to the next thing. But until then, don't put so much effort and emphasis on having everything being perfect all the way through this interaction and stressing yourself out and feeling this pressure to be perfect. You know, just worry about where you're at, get really good at it, and then move on to the next thing. Bro, that's one of the, I think one of the top five things I've ever heard you teach right there. Because that's so spot on. The moment you said that, I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I did. I did not care about the future stuff. I was just like, like a horse of blind. was like, I got to get this down. Let me get this down. Next thing. All right, got that. What's the next piece of it? Why do I give a fuck about you know, how to build a strong connection or qualify her correctly or how to get a girl on a date and, and proper date techniques when I can't even approach. I don't even know how to make a girl laugh. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm just like, it's, screw that. Let me just It's like on this. It's like, if I'm going to drive to California, right? I'm in Detroit. If I'm going to drive to California and I see, you know, I know that it's going to take me a, a few days, at least two to drive there, okay? And I see that today it's raining in California. So I'm putting on a rain jacket here as I'm leaving the house. Like, why? Yeah. By the time I get there, that rain's out of there. That, it's gone. Done. Why am I so worried about the rain that's going on now that's way far away from even where I'm at? You know, sure. let me focus on, let me just put on the clothes that fits the weather for where I am right now. You're teaching this on the boot camp this weekend. I think that's so fucking vital, especially for the guys we have this weekend. I want you to, like, do a whole thing on that. Um, Cosmo, bring us home, buddy. People, human beings on this planet are actually fucking scared and afraid to actually heal because their entire identity is surrounded about the trauma that they've experienced, that they actually have no idea who they are outside of that trauma. And that unknown can be really, really terrifying. That change my outlook on social dynamics and how I approach women and actually how I make guy for like my friends that are guys that most people on this planet have actually no idea who they really are outside of that trauma. So Jamie said that we were all not popular. I actually was very popular in middle school and high school, but because of what I just said, I was really good at hiding Nobody knew the real Cosmo or Alvaro. I was a magician with my emotions. Make people laugh, make people do all that, but no one really knew the real me. So to answer your question, authenticity and EQ is something that I became obsessed with in 2008 till 2022. Every single week, at least five hours a week, I put into authenticity. What is that? EQ, EQ. 
I have no, my IQ is probably really low. I don't know states. I don't know countries. I don't know geography. I don't care about having a high IQ. I have became obsessed with EQ and something that Jamie knows about me and she's working on it, hanging out with me more and more is active listening has changed my coaching and the way that I get talk to girls. Very simple, active listening, really, really taking a girl in. That's been a game changer for me and embracing my insecurities took me 24 years to, 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 to come up with anything that I'm insecure about. I have now became secure about, therefore people label me as this esoteric word, confident, whatever the fuck that means. Confidence to me means being very secure with your insecurities. That in, in a shell is what I feel like I have a little bit better than most guys. Oof. I love those wordplay, but the first success mantra in modern flirting is get comfortable being uncomfortable. So maybe that's why I love that whole get secure with your insecurity. I love those those paradoxical um, mindset because when every successful person I've ever met can take two completely paradoxical paradoxical ways of thinking and put them together somehow, and uh, like that's where the zone of genius I think comes in. So, all right, guys, you, you've heard it from us. The episode that should not have aired <laughs> this, this, this one, episode 25, and if nothing else, hopefully something, whether it's the mentorship, whether it's believing in yourself, whether it's smog chunking it, whether it's just being authentic and stop hiding, hopefully you're going to be doing what you need to do in order to succeed. If you do need an extra boost, if you do an extra help, look, you can reach out to any one of us for all of our social media. Jamie's on TikTok, Cosmo, I mean, we're uh, and Dale, we're all on Facebook. Instagram. If you're not part of our free Facebook group where I'm, I'm doing a coaching call there in an hour right now, in an hour, I'm doing it for free coaching the guys talking about the attraction ladder. Cosmos on there, you know, about once a week, Dale and Jamie drop, you know, posts on there every single week, giving some value. Dong hates you guys. He's never, no, I'm fine. Dong, <laughs> well, I do hate you guys now. <laughs> not posting on there. But if you want a community, if you want a place, and again, it, it is 100% free. We just do this because we absolutely love it. You can't stop us wanting to help people. Join our Facebook group, Modern Flirting, Dating Advice for Businessmen. We specialize in helping entrepreneurs and business owners. But if you are a success-minded man who wants to build up your lifestyle, we are for you as well. And of course, we do have the VIP program. If we resonate with you, if you deep dive you see some more advice and it's a kind that you feel can get you to the next level we are always going to be here to help you so thank you so much for listening to the podcast take care everybody <laughs>